This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined today by Greg Miller. Crossing my legs like a man. Scott Lowe is here. <laughs> I'm also crossing my legs. And Justin Davis. Ooh. Viewers, we've got a really great show for you today. We're going to be talking about <laughs> Uncharted for Naughty Dog. Still crazy, mysterious stuff happening there. We're going to talk about uh, video game consoles, how much time they have left. But first, the big surprise of the week has got to be Facebook buying Oculus for $2 billion. Two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, well, when are they making another Austin Powers, no, Damon? Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> uh, the, a lot, the, the knee-jerk reaction online was a lot of neg- negativity, right. I think. I think it's moved past knee-jerk. I think it's just the reaction. Yeah, now. That's just, <laughs> yeah, that's just like, the jerk reaction. Yeah. Well, you wrote an, an editorial about this yesterday, Scott. Yeah, yeah. so like uh, a lot of the fear, and it's totally warranted. I mean, nope. Facebook is nope. not. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's warranted because, you know, Facebook, their intentions aren't really clear. But uh, a lot of the fear is, is associated with things that aren't necessarily true, which is just that the assumption that Facebook is going to destroy it and that it's going to be uh, ads everywhere and that it's going to be an inferior experience. But uh, there's really no evidence to support that. So... I think it's right to take a wait-and-see approach. Right. You know, it's like, hey, you know, Facebook is not a video game company. They're not a technology company. They're not a hardware maker. So this is kind of a weird fit. But anybody that's abandoning ship or losing their minds or canceling their pre-order, I think is not doing... I think they're way, way overreacting. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is Facebook has never bought a hardware company before. Uh, of the software companies that they've bought, they haven't done much with. I mean, if you look at Instagram... The Instagram of you know the last two years with, under Facebook is not that much different from the Facebook uh, the Instagram of the you know preceding the acquisition and really exactly. all, and it's in actually Facebook's integration on Instagram is like totally optional yeah. like uh, Facebook bought Instagram and then left them alone yeah they continue sure. to operate as an independent company uh, people that use Instagram don't really have any complaints about you know Facebook meddling right. um, in terms of Oculus. I, so I have plenty of distrust for Facebook. I don't love the company. I'm kind of a paranoid guy, so for that reason, I'm a little so-so on Facebook. Worried about being stabbed. <laughs> Does, uh, yeah, That's I guess a concern? I, I haven't brought that up in a while. Oh, I had a dream about us last night. I'm what? just remembering this now. You were stabbing each other. We were in a car together. You were driving, and it was like a Jeep. The, okay, I, so that's already a crazy dream. But I know. He, he lets his wife drive him around everywhere. But I was in the back seat, and like this crazy homeless guy was walking by, and then he was coming towards the car, <laughs> yeah. and he like opened yeah. up the door, and he picked up a quarter off the floor, <laughs> and then left. But like the whole time, 
I was like frozen and I couldn't move and I was sure he was gonna like stab us or something, but nothing happened. So okay. we just witnessed a very sweet moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, anyway. So, wait, so you, I was driving and you were in the backseat. <laughs> yeah. It was like raining too. Well, so, it rained last night, so that was probably why. Was, so I was like your Lyft driver, your Uber cab? No, I think we're, we had the, we're the same friend relationship that we have now. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I lost my train of thought. Oh, you were talking so, about your distrust. Uh, sure. So, if you want to have like a healthy distrust of how this is going, fine. But at least for now, uh, both Zuckerberg and Oculus are saying all the right things. Like all the right words are coming right. out of their mouth. They're saying, <clears throat> "Mark's saying, look, we're still going to aggressively go after hardcore gamers. We're going to leave Oculus alone. They're going to operate as an independent business unit." So, you know, be skeptical and make sure you're keeping an eye on them. But for now, you should at least accept that they're saying that they're going to do things the right way. Palmer Lucky, the CEO of Oculus, said that. If you're ever required to have Facebook integration in, you know, our VR headset, I'll leave. Like, I won't stay at the company. So it's like, that's pretty forceful language that they wouldn't have to say. Right. And, and I mean, the, the thing is, is the technology is not proven. Like, VR's interest or, you know, mass market appeal is not really proven sure. in a big way. So, like, it's in, uh, you know, Facebook's best interest to not mess with it too much. Because if it's this really invasive, ad-laden experience, or if it's somehow, you know, too much of, like, kind of a... A revenue model in that same way, then people are going to be turned off by it. Like, they're not going to want to, like, the whole concept of VR is so kind of stigmatized by the idea of what it used to be, like the, the virtual boy and like the... Lay it on us. Lay it on us. <laughs> yeah. What, is, what's, what you got? Shala's got a button nose. <laughs> what? You're so handsome. <laughs> what? Sometimes it just has to let it out. Yeah. Continue. Thank you, David. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to kill me. <laughs> so 3D, not 3D, uh, that's another gimmick, but uh, VR is very viewed as viewed as very gimmicky by a lot of like mass market consumers like as far as yeah. like the what their common association is if you think back to sure. like, there's know. a real chance that VR would not take off in a mainstream way without it being handled very very carefully and presented to people in a exactly. very careful that's, way that's, that's my point, point. Yeah. Yeah. people are you know at least in the gaming community are really excited about Oculus right, right. people have used it are like this is very impressive very yeah. cool but yeah like I don't know what my sister in the Midwest, she probably doesn't even know about it, but she will now because you, you don't get more mainstream than Facebook. Right. Yep. And, I mean, and you summed it up exactly. Like, the only people who've been interested in Oculus have been gamers, so that's yeah. kind of why they're so angry. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, well, yeah. they're darling child. It felt like it was their thing, and yeah. now it's like a big mass market Facebook thing. Yeah. Right? What? Clit, what? I know. I, I, this is just how I felt. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." When the story happened, yeah. I was like, "That's cool. That was unexpected." I was surprised. It moved on, and then it was like, oh, "Burn us!" Why do you? Why do you care so much? I expected a little bit of backlash, but the volume and severity of it was definitely surprising to me. And yeah. I don't. I don't think it's very warranted or rational. Yeah. Honestly. Well, um, yeah. How often is the internet rational? <laughs> That's true. I mean, we it is totally true and fair that the Oculus community feels very grassroots. You know, it's kind of this hacker mentality, this very indie mentality of, like, we're on the cutting edge and working with this kind of crazy new tech and, you know, lots of guys liking to help each other out with their small sort of strange indie products. And to be a part of Facebook, or now that these guys that are on, like, the Oculus dev forums and deep into it are, like, participating in a Facebook ecosystem just rubs them the wrong way, just right on the face of it. They just don't like that. Um, yeah, there's no, there's absolutely merit in, in people not wanting to ha be part of that ecosystem, mm -hmm. want to have their data, you know, kind of, because that's Facebook's business, is your data. Like, what you do, what you like, uh, your just sure. basic information. All of that, you know, when you engage with their services, becomes theirs. And sure. that's the product, and that's how they advertise, and that's the whole thing. And, and if you don't like that, that's fine. But it's just sort of like it, it, they're not alone in that business. Just Google wait and see. Like, it. freak out when it's worth when right. something happens that you right. should freak out yeah. over, not before it's happened, and when they're actually saying the opposite. But I also feel like Facebook is unfairly targeted as like this big data mining company. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're the one of the biggest, but like it's it's just a huge industry outside of that. Like Google does it. That's true. Like, yeah. You know, every if Google had bought Oculus. People probably wouldn't have been as pissed. And it actually but but the irony, yeah, yeah, the irony is that I feel like an Oculus under Google would be worse off because yeah. Google buys giant companies all the time, and then they just disappear they never into, into the Google drone, and then <laughs> yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Like, but this is a big deal for a company like yeah. Facebook. Yeah. It poses interesting questions about crowdfunding because yeah. it was Kickstarter. Oculus Rift was kickstarted, right, for two and a half million dollars. Yeah. The people that contributed that they made it. Like, it wouldn't exist without them. But then, like, they don't get any sort of like. There's no. 
trickle down well, when, you, an, when they get bought for $2 billion. There was also an incredible amount of VC. Uh, well, that came after, it. though, to uh, be fair. The Kickstarting did come first. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, so the, the Kickstarter thing, and, and we talked about this on uh, the Tech Fetish podcast, not to plug, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Tech Fetish podcast. Got some tech over here? <laughs> um, Shuhei Yoshida is a subscriber. Yeah. yeah. He actually submitted a question today. It was awesome. bizarre. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so, I mean, the Kickstarter thing is, is you... It's not a traditional investment model. Like you, right. you pay for a perk, and you get that perk. And yes, you are helping this product get started, but that's the end of yeah. your of yeah. their exactly. Obligation to I you. totally agree. Like once they, once Oculus delivered the Rift dev kits to the Kickstarter backers, their formal relationship with those backers ended. They delivered on their obligations, sure. and that's it. They don't owe them anything. Yeah. If you're mad about that, you are not allowed to be mad because then you're just making Colin Moriarty right. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah. From so day one, I've been arguing that Kickstarter is a fine business model. Everyone knows what they're getting into. If yeah. all of a sudden you're like, where's my part of the $2 yeah. billion? Dollars? Well, it feels a little strange because it, it happened so fast. It's like this company is under two years old, mm-hmm. and they went from having nothing and needing to sort of pull themselves up by the bootstrap to getting bought for $2 billion. And I think it's that... Well, they haven't even shipped a consumer model Right. Yet. The yeah. timeline of it is what's making some people go, well, but yeah, I mean, Kickstarter is, if you don't like Kickstarter, don't use it. And if you think that Kickstarter, like I do think it's an interesting question of, should there be something like Kickstarter where you give people money and then you do own, yeah. you know, 1% of the company? Like, that's, I mean, that's more that, interesting. We could be heading towards that. Crowdsourced right? yeah. venture capital. Yeah. Like, That'd be cool. And I think there's legislation in the works, you know, to put that sort of model in place. But also people could just be like, you know, this isn't what I contributed to. I didn't contribute to a Facebook product, right? So yeah. people could just yeah. be But it's resentful like you contributed to get the dev kit, and you did. Yeah. That's, that's Congratulations. That's, Don't yeah. let the door hit you where the good Lord <laughs> slit you. <laughs> and, and, and I, <laughs> I've never heard that before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and the resentment's totally fair. It's like, you know, they had an idea that this, like, I mean, the whole Oculus concept was, you know, this open platform for VR, and it was going to be the VR revolution, and now sure. it's potentially going to be used for by, you know, a much larger corporation. But, like... I do have a lot of faith in the team that's you know still at Oculus. I mean, sure. it'd be one thing if they were like, I, you know, we're buying Oculus and all of the founders are leaving. Yeah, yeah. like you know, yeah. they they're staying on, they're bulking up, like they're they're gonna be there and to deliver on the commitment that they you know promise. So. It's like a very real chance that this will be. I mean, it could go either way. We'll see. Like I said, in six months, twelve months, we'll have a better idea. But there's a very real chance that this could be a uh, improvement over what Oculus could have been on its own. Sure. Um, you think about things like. My impression of VR and the Oculus Rift is you put it on, it's incredible, it's Mm -hmm. mind-blowing, but it's also very isolating. Um, So there's people sitting in the middle of our office, but they're not sitting in the middle of our office. They're somewhere else. Like, their mouths are open, and they're, you know, just looking all around and going, That's just me eating American (laughs) Sunshine. And so it's this very isolating experience, and Facebook is the opposite of that. You know, Facebook exists solely to bring people together. So you put those two ideas together, and you could end up with something that is incredible. Well, I mean, I don't know. When you're using Facebook, you're still just by yourself just staring at your phone, right? No, but I don't think... People make that argument a lot. They're like, kids these days don't connect with anybody. All they're doing is staring at their phone the whole time. But when I'm staring at my phone, I'm like looking at pictures of my nieces and nephews. I was going to say, (laughs) don't bring out the old material. But it's true. (laughs) You were just playing, like before we started taping, you weren't looking at pictures of your nephews. You were playing Disco Zoo. Yeah, not in this instance. Disco Zoo does not advertise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think you can see something like, it would have been really, really, really hard for Oculus to do something like a PlayStation Home or whatever on their own. But with the help of someone like Facebook, sure. now sure. something like that becomes... Not a, it's not a pipe dream. It's actually really plausible now that it'll launch with some revolutionary piece of software like that, like something out of the book Ready Player One or something like that. And the Facebook impact is already ev- evident. You know, it's like this week, more people know what Oculus right? is than yeah. ever before. Yeah, now like <laughs> mainstream media is writing about yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be what what VR needs, because all this time, you know, we all use Oculus and we think it's amazing, but how many, it's going to be hundreds of dollars, right? It's going to be expensive. Who wants to pay that? Who's yeah. going to, like, put this thing on their face? I just saw it, like, a, I didn't really know what, like, you talk about its, its mass market potential. I wasn't really sure what that would be. This could be what VR tech needed. Well, and, and specifically, when you think about the idea of Morpheus, Project Morpheus yeah. with PlayStation 4, it, it actually, I think, will help both products because... Before the acquisition by Facebook, both were very, very focused on gaming. You know, mm-hmm. PS4 for uh, Morpheus, PC for Oculus, and obviously gaming is going to still be a tremendous focus for Oculus, but uh, it now kind of has the potential to extend to a much broader audience, 
and allow uh, Sony to kind of more own the the gaming side of the yeah. console yeah. stuff. So I, th I think it's actually it could actually be very very good for the entire concept. <clears throat> I mean, I think so. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a paranoid guy. I care about personal privacy a lot, so Facebook sort of concerns me for that reason. But if you're if you want to be concerned about this or be upset about this, be concerned and upset for the right reasons. Um, you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Like, it, we'll just wait and see. Give them a shot. Yeah. Like, the right reasons, but also think, think you know, about your reasons, too. Like, like my, my whole thing is just, like, you know, think about all these things. Because, like, the immediate fear is just, like, oh, Facebook is going to ruin it. But, mm -hmm. like, there is no... Think about, really, what has Facebook really done to kind of make you think that? <clears throat> a lot of people point to Facebook games. Mm -hmm. You know, they point to stuff like Farmville or all these other shitty games around Facebook. But they didn't actually make them. Like, Facebook made a platform, and then a bunch of other companies decided to come in and make all these kind of terrible experiences. So, right. sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm not as negative as other folks are. One of our viewers writes in with their thoughts. This is... Rawa Magil. <laughs> he's from, it. From Saudi, <laughs> he's from Saudi Arabia. So he's a huge fan of IGN. He says, I'd like to share my thoughts on the whole buying thing. If Facebook doesn't tag on mandatory sign-ups or logins to Facebook and anything of that sort, then I'm all for it. The Oculus VR company had its humble beginnings as a Kickstarter project, and to have come this far to be bought by a huge company for $2 billion is an amazing achievement. With the added funding, the team can hire more people, achieve their goal faster, make it even better. They might actually have a chance against Sony's Morpheus. Even though the Oculus is currently better, I still think Sony had a better chance before Facebook bought Oculus VR because of PS4 integration, blah, blah, blah. Now, he brings up uh, Notch from Minecraft. He spoke, uh, he's spoken out against this whole deal. He apparently, he claims that they were working on Minecraft for Oculus and then canceled it just because of this deal because he says he doesn't trust Facebook. But he says, as for Notch canceling Minecraft for Oculus, I find what he said to be very unprofessional. Both he and Facebook will lose money because of this. He should have said the deal fell through or something else. What's the matter? Aransky was slow on that B-roll. Oh. <laughs> Notch, Minecraft, blah, and then back to the question, you suck, Aransky. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. you, Aransky. He says, I like this sentence, Facebook is a powerful company, and you don't want to get on their bad side. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know that I would go that <laughs> far. Sorry, Notch, you have no friends now. <laughs> I mean, so, Oculus Rift, of Minecraft on Oculus Rift was never officially in the works. Yeah. So it's a little bit dramatic to be like, I'm canceling these plans. But, you know, this is just Notch's way. Notch has a flair for the dramatic, and he's sort sure. of, you know, makes big emotional statements, explosive statements sometimes. Um, you know, for better or worse, it's just the kind of guy that he is. And it's his way of saying, like, I'm not happy about this. Like, Yeah, and I mean, I, I do think it is, you know, a loss for the platform, I think you know Minecraft is one of the biggest games in the world. Like it's super popular. It would have been done great on on the Rift, but yeah. like I, I think you know I think the onus is on Rift or Oculus and Facebook and you know in the months and years to come to prove that this is not you know uh, detrimental to the experience or the users and potentially to try to get uh, games like Minecraft back or any ones that they lost. Although you said, like, you've mm -hmm. talked to, what, 20 different developers? So. Yeah, I reached out to a bunch of developers yesterday, small indie developers, that develop on Oculus now to say, hey, are you looking more at Morpheus? Are you canceling your Oculus plans? Has it changed anything for you? And of all those developers, only one said that they were putting their project on hold. The rest said it was full steam ahead. Uh, they basically said what I'm saying. They're like, hey, you know, I'm cautious. I'm a little bit concerned, but... I'm not going to overreact, and as long as things stay the same, like if I can still, you know, make the product that I want to make for my Oculus, I have no problems at all. In most cases, I would imagine a lot of developers would be like, "This is good news because yeah. it makes it's potentially more lucrative for them." Yeah, so, more uh, people are talking about VR now than ever before. Right, yeah. more stability too. All right, it'll be very interesting to see how Oculus develops under Facebook's umbrella. I hope they change the name to Foculus. No, probably. They put the Facebook F in front of Oculus. Just <laughs> branding. Just call it a day. Yeah. yeah probably. Dear God. I know you guys were worried. <laughs> Fuck you, Notch. And they slide the little F in. Uh, Greg, what the heck is going on at Naughty Dog and Sony? Things continue to be tumultuous. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird, right? It's yeah, the, the uh, you know, Sony Worldwide Studios for a long time have been incredibly stable. You know, you, you set your watch to them. Everything's over there. It's running like clockwork. 
And now you got people leaving, you got people getting laid off. It's, it's a crazy minefield. Do you think it's Morpheus related? Probably. Ooh, I heard okay, that. So first of all, no, the, the that news. was a joke. I don't really think that. Don't, <laughs> don't cut me out there. <laughs> I just want to establish the news, in case anyone hasn't sure. heard, is that the, the game director on Uncharted for PS4 left. Mm. It's going mm. to Riot Games, makers of League of, League of Legends, and of course, just recently, Amy Hennig, uh, the creative director on Uncharted, yeah. right? Also, Uncharted she series, also yeah. recently left. So. Yeah. These key people working on the Uncharted franchise have both left recently. Right. And there's also been other like layoffs and uh, layoffs at a bunch of Sony studios. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Evolution, the Drive Club people, mm-hmm. their guy just left, but then there was layoffs over People there, leaving so. Jack Tretton leaving. Yeah. You know, it's uh, just like Sony Santa Monica had layoffs. It's like the PS4 launch was this big triumphant yeah. event, right? It yeah. was a huge success story. But then there's all this weird stuff, people leaving, layoffs. It's they have strange. no announced games, yeah, really. It's strange. I mean, That's, they have no announced games. but I mean, we don't. It's kind of true. It's not that they're not working on stuff, but like, uh, they, if they don't have a giant, what's the next giant? Yeah, yeah, what's the next giant PlayStation exclusive? And you yeah. go, the order. Is that even you know, this that, year? That's awesome. Uncharted, that is exclusive, that's, but that's, that's still not, not a this Sony year. Game. And I mean, the oh, good point. Yeah, it's ready. It's done. Good call. Second party. The PlayStation Four is doing really well, but uh, you know, the their margins are low. Like they're they're mm. selling that system, you know, really competitively, and they're not making a ton of money off of them. Uh, then you look at the larger context of Sony in general, just being in constant peril. Like yeah. the larger uh, the structure is 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 not in a good financial place. It's getting better. But but for years, video games have been the one thing that makes money for yeah. Sony. Yeah, so it, it's tr- troublesome, and and I mean, you know, there, there's rumors that projects have been canceled at yeah. Sony, Santa Monica. Sony Santa Monica. Yeah, you know, uh, we had the article up about Stig leaving, and that theoretically, probably his game got canceled. Yeah, that's what he because so, there was all those laughs, like sixty people there a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Do we think, with the exception of someone like Amy Hennig, where we know there was some drama there, do we think that this is just normal turnover? People leaving, you know, projects occasionally get canceled. But then two or three of them happen to happen, and now it's become like a thing. Like now, anytime they're under more scrutiny, and anytime there's cuts or someone leaves, it becomes more of a story than it would yeah. have been otherwise. Also, like this is like the game director. There's I mean, more. Right? There's sure, but like, well, let's say the other things didn't happen and he left, it wouldn't be as big a deal. It would be. It'd be like the director of a movie leaving before the movie's done, right? Well, I mean, it's impossible to, to know um, just based on the information that's out there. Right. But I mean, we do know that Riot is. Incredibly successful, right? Uh, and from every everyone I've spoken to who works there, it's a pretty amazing place to work. From all, from what I understand, so they like, got free cereal. <laughs> yeah, they got they got lots of good uh, yeah. good cereal. But uh, granola bars. I mean, it, <laughs> it could be a perfect storm. <laughs> it could be, you know. And that was the thing when the, when the first shoe fell, I totally chalked it up to like Jack Trent, and I was like, oh, him leaving has nothing to do with whatever's happening at Naughty Dog or whatever's mm-hmm. happening at Sony Santa Monica. I was like, these are just things that are coming together. Yeah. The Justin leaving Naughty Dog is really peculiar, right? Like, hey, you're game director on what's got to be the flagship PlayStation 4 game. Yeah. You know, the one that people right. are for sure going to buy PlayStation 4s for. Right. And to walk away. And don't get me wrong, I know Riot's great. I know Riot's a cool company and they make mm-hmm. good stuff. It's just a weird thing, especially in light of Amy leaving. Right. I mean, it does seem like if you're in Sony's position and now you're seeing people connect dots that may or may not be there. Like, sure. Sony Santa Monica laid off a bunch of people, but that's because they had a... They, and this is all speculation. Like, I'm stating it like it's fact. Like, sure, sure, sure. We're pretty sure that they had a project canceled. Right. Um, and, like, maybe that project just wasn't coming together. Yeah. Right? So it's like, that's to- like they're a totally separate studio than Naughty Dog. They're separate from Jack Exactly, Trenton. exactly. And then you start, like, plucking these things together that maybe don't make any sense. There's a lot of, it, it, the problem is that for the first time in a long time, it seems like there's mm-hmm. a lot of bad news coming out there's of Sony first-party sure. studios. Yeah. yeah. And this especially with the Evolution stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where Drive Club was going to be a PlayStation 4 launch title, and then quietly was like, no, not going to make launch. Yeah. And then Scott uh, Rohde on IGN talking to Colin said that we're going back to the drawing board. The Drive Club, you're like, what? And then the guy, the guy in charge of Drive Club leaves, and then yeah. there's all these layoffs at Evolution. You're like, what the hell is happening there? Yeah. But it's like you're just saying what the hell is happening there so many times about things that are all under the Sony umbrella. You're like, what is happening there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it seems like you know Sony just published like a big like years worth of like you know what yeah they uh, hundred games coming to PS4. Yeah, this but year. they're yeah. all like small indie things. Yeah. And it's not like, like not many AAA games in there. Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of curious that all of their like big projects seem to be in like. Serious tumultuous uh, circumstances, but the but then you look at stuff like Infamous, like it was you know well received, yeah. but I mean we haven't mm-hmm. seen sales figures yet. But I wonder really what the what kind of mass market impact is on that. I mean obviously mm-hmm. it's a fan favorite, we love it. Yeah. Um, but it's not something like a Titanfall, you know, for sure. for it's PlayStation not a 4. phenomenon. Well, you think so? You think differently? Oh, I guess I don't know. 
I just I like Infamous a lot more than Titanfall. That's all. I think it's I bet, I bet it sold well. Yeah. yeah. Infamous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personal you know feelings aside, I just feel yeah. like you know the, the the appeal of something like a Titanfall as opposed to Infamous is probably sure. a little. Disparate. This puts you know the pressure on E three right of yeah. like you you own both these systems now and here's why you own them right, right. like here's the gameplay from this but what is that going to be? I guess I I don't really know like in the absence of facts I'm sort of unwilling to speculate to too great of a degree like IGN has a parent company we're owned by Ziff Davis and if something were to happen in some other Ziff Davis office yeah. and then and then you were to leave IGN people would be like oh what's happening it's yeah, 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 like, yeah. nah, it has nothing to do with anything. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, there is the, you know, the, and I, it doesn't work much for the Naughty Dog stuff, but there is the reality of fiscal years, right? And mm-hmm. so we're quickly approaching the end of this fiscal year, so that's why layoffs start to happen around this time. And so, Well, but companies have different, run on different calendars, right? Also right. true. Different fiscal calendars. And Naughty Dog has been immune from the layoffs as far as we know. Well, every Sony studio has been. That's why the layoffs, I think they hit layoffs hit four Sony studios mm. hadn't happened in a long time yeah, until yeah. now. And mm-hmm. so that part, that part is definitely strange. Mm-hmm. That's the one where I do think they're, when those four studios all had like cross the board job cuts, that's like kind of like, mm, why is that happening? Like yeah. that's unusual. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never know. I do, I was only half joking about Project Morpheus. You think that you think maybe like Sony's forcing Project Morpheus into Uncharted and people aren't happy with it? I have no idea. It's <laughs> something that we know Sony's cooking up this crazy new tech. We know they have first-party studios that if they're not working on it, who is? Yeah, I mean, like when we talked to Shu at GDC and uh, Dr. Richard Marks as well, yeah. there was a conversation of that, right? Of like, and they were very clear that we're not shoehorning this into things. Like, yeah. things need to be, be built from the ground up. But maybe that is the thing. Maybe Evolution's maybe. back, you know, Drive Club's back to the drawing board to have cockpit view or whatever. I mean, it strikes me as, again, this is maybe, 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 I don't know anything about anything, yeah, but it's you're like... stupid. You don't know anything. I don't know. Maybe Jack Tratton is not interested in being an exec of a big VR push. Sure. You know, maybe... Well, I, th- I mean, for that, for Jack leaving, I think, makes a ton of sense. He'd been there forever, and yeah, he yeah, finally got the company. He, he was there the entire <laughs> PlayStation 3 time, you know what I mean? And so, to take all that on the chin for so long, to finally have this big victory of the PlayStation 4, it's like... I've, I've accomplished what I wanted. You know what I mean? Like People yeah, think sure. the PlayStation 4 is success. success. Connect the brand that way. Too. I'm kind of reluctant to think that Sony's betting too big on Morpheus, to be honest. Like If you look at the context of the reveal, thing is like, you know, handmade. It's at a yeah. game developers conference. Like, as far as, like, by all reactions, like, nobody really has these dev kits yet. Like, they didn't, like... It's also earlier. Like, yeah. we, we talked about this on Tech Fetish, too, that Morpheus is at least a year behind where the Oculus is in terms of mm. its readiness right. to actually be out on the market, well, and I, and I, give or take. And I do really feel like the context and the timing is very, very important in that they're just sort of, like, testing the waters. Yeah. Like, to see what people think. I to see. I mean, I, I would be very surprised if they haven't learned from, you know, the past mistakes of betting big on something like a move and then, like, finding Oh, but remember, it. that was very successful. <laughs> it's only outlets like IGN that talk shit about it, right, Chew? <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it's, it's, I, I think they, I, I'm hoping they've, they've learned their yeah. lesson and are not, yeah. like, betting at all on Morpheus. That would be insane to have the PlayStation 4 launch so strong, have a leg up on Xbox for the first time in a long time, and then say, you got to have this VR headset now if you want to play. On your <laughs> so, yeah, God, hope not. Hopefully things are not as bad as they seem. Hopefully this is just a lot of little bumps that we're encountering at the same time. And you know, Uncharted PS4 will come out and it'll be great and everything will be fine. Please no. It reminds me of that photo of the dictator standing in front of all the microphones. Like, there's nothing, there's no problems at Sony <laughs> Studios. I don't, know that. I don't know that reference. Okay. Switching gears to the Xbox One. They recently announced the launch window for Japan, not coming out until September in Japan. But they say they do have a unique Japanese exclusive coming to the Xbox One, made by a Japanese developer. A Japanese game made by a Japanese developer. Uh, they will be apparently unveiling it at E3 and then showing it off at TGS. Mm. It? Phil Spencer from Microsoft says, uh, uh, what does he say, the quote? I'm looking forward to Tokyo Game Show this year and I want to show everyone something never seen before Stay tuned. What's the biggest Japanese exclusive it can be? Right now, it'd probably be like a Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. Dragon Quest. Connect. Right. Dragon Warrior. Monster Hunter Connect. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, though, I, I find it hard to imagine Xbox One really taking off in Japan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're already, at that point, they'll be seven months behind uh, the PlayStation 4 in terms of availability. Like it's, yeah. And it's already 
you know, unlikely to succeed just based on the performance of the 360, you know, in terms of just culturally, like, you know, the, 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 that audience yep. is not really as interested. Yep. It's like, almost impossible to envision a scenario where the Xbox One experienced any significant level of success in Japan. Yeah. But they're launching it there, and that's, it, it costs a lot of money to launch a console in a territory, sure. so. Xbox some, isn't afraid of a fight. I'm just saying someone at Microsoft thinks it's worth that expense. Yeah, but it doesn't sound like they're going, like, they were serious about Japan with the 360 and got games like Blue Dragon and really tried really, really hard and it still didn't go so well for them. So they're launching in the sense that, hey, yeah, we're going to be out in Japan and we have this one exclusive, but I'm not getting the same sense. I mean, maybe that's going to change as we get closer to September, but it doesn't feel like the same gigantic push they tried to make uh, with the 360. Yeah. It could be good. Like, if it's a cool Japanese game, that's good for gamers all over the world. Final Fantasy. Yeah, I mean, what it, you know, whatever it is. But I just, I, I just can't see. Like, we've known that Japan has kind of been over console gaming for a long time. Uh, it's all about mobile and handhelds. The PS4 launched and it was like successful, but then uh, you know, like Colin wrote up the article about how it was, it wasn't selling as well as the Wii U did. Right, right, right. You know, so add in the fact that Microsoft never got the Xbox 360 to take off, and I just don't, I just don't see it happening. The deck is stacked one. against them. Yeah. yeah. I think this is more like, you know, on the flip side of it, like, you know, them being seven months behind the PS4, like, I guess it makes sense in that, like, if they'd launched alongside or earlier, like, without some sort of content tie-in, it, like, units would just be sitting on shelves, or they would have a whole lot of, you know, uh, you know surplus in Japan that they can't get rid of, and which is costly. I guess it makes sense uh, to, to wait until at least they have something, whether, yeah. whether it's something amazing or not. Is there, I don't know enough about the Japanese game scene to know the answer to this, but like there's certain gamers in America, uh, like Caleb at IGN, that just loves Japanese games, imports them, you know, reads mm-hmm. all the news, mm-hmm. and is really, really into it. Are there dudes in Japan? Is there like five guys that are like, yeah, Titanfall. You see these yeah. Madden screenshots? Yeah. Madden, Titanfall, and Halo, and Square, that's their jam. Square Enix publishes Call of Duty in yeah. Japan. So yeah. like there is... So like, how, do they sell? Like, I, I guess I, I don't really sell, know that much about it. I think they sell enough. Yeah. I think there's, you know, there are some Japanese gamers playing Assassin's Creed 4 and so Grand like, Theft Auto 5. Is Call of Duty and Halo as big in Japan as like, you know, a really Japanese franchise is in America? Mm, maybe. Maybe that's a good actual comparison, yeah. Because mm, Japanese games tend to be niche, you know, titles here. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably a good I wanna, I'm curious about that now. I want to look it up. I'm curious about what you think about your <laughs> brand new Xbox One. I did. I finally bought an Xbox One. Yay. I don't know why. <laughs> Not sure why, why that warrants an applause. <laughs> you, finally, um, you finally put some money in, into you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Something for yourself. For the last time. Exactly. Because you had a baby. Uh, right, Aransky? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh. That's actually a cute one. Oh, oh my god, really that's good. adorable. The timing is really good there, too. I took advantage of the Walmart deal. Uh, Amazon price match, but I went ahead and picked it up on Walmart. $450 for the Titanfall bundle, which, since that's a $60 game, that really makes it a little bit cheaper than the PS4. Uh, Xbox One, a little bit disappointing. Yeah? Yeah. In what way? <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. What else we got in the tank for GameCube? And I want to be clear, I get accused of being a hater and being negative about everything. So now that I've said that... And I, you are. I absolutely love Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. So that's, the, that's something that I love. And now I'm going to talk about something I dislike. All right, so... <laughs> I mentioned one thing. It's <laughs> a compliment sandwich. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I get accused, like, Justin hates every game. That's always, that's a comment that you I You like Hearthstone? You like, you like Diablo 3? I like Hearthstone too. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, well, so I'm not a big FPS guy, and so yeah. it came with Titanfall. And so I played a few rounds, and I'm like sprinting to get one of the hard points, capture one of the hard points. A dude shoots me. I don't know where he is. I'm dead before I know what's going on. I can't see him. He's hopping all around. And then I respawn, and then it happens again. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is, I'm not having fun. Like, sure. it's just not, it's not my game. So then I quit that, and then I played some Peggle. Yeah, and Peggle's great, but it's like Your $500 okay. Peggle yeah, box. That's exactly. <laughs> so I played, I played, you know, probably ten matches of Titanfall, and then played some Peggle, and Peggle's great, and I got Power Stall Golf, Golf, and that's great, and I'm like, well, with taxes, this was still four hundred and ninety dollars. <laughs> All right, well, we'll yeah. see you next fall when Halo yeah. comes out. Yeah, I mean, you imagine it'll pay off down the road. That was why I don't regret buying it because it's not going to be cheaper than that for a long time. Like, I know yeah, I wanted an Xbox One, you know, I had the dough, so I'm like, yeah, I plunk down, I have it, I hook it up, you know, I actually like the Netflix integration and some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, the console itself is totally fine, but um, I would be lying if I said my overall feeling was, like, I'm just sitting on the Xbox One menu, and then I'm like, well, okay. Do you you <laughs> own a it. PS4, though, right? Yeah. Do you feel more positively about that? Yeah. Why? Um, 
Well, yeah, I did love Infamous. Like, I like Infamous a lot more than Titanfall. Um, I like PlayStation Plus more than Xbox Live. Um, PlayStation Plus is pretty awesome, yeah. I like... It's a little thing, but it's kind of not. Like, it really does affect my brain a lot. Like, uh, the PS4's menus are clean and ad-free, and it feels classier, and that soothing music... Mm -hmm. It loads quicker. Like, I really, really dislike being bombarded with ads when the Xbox One turns on. And, like, I know they make money from them, but, like, the amount of money they fake make versus the amount of, like, negative feelings they must generate in people. Like, the PS4 just feels so pleasant to, like, navigate through those menus, and it's snappy and feels great, and I don't feel like I'm being marketed to with, like, the Call of Duty World Championships and a bunch of other BS. Like, the, it makes the Xbox One feel chintzier and cheaper to, to tab through those menus, in my opinion. Um, which... I don't want to like harp on that, like that's a huge deal, but it does affect like my overall feeling when I'm going through it. Sure. Stuff like there is great stuff, like all the game sharing, all the stuff that everybody already loves is super slick and nice. I actually like the Connect stuff too. Oh, I hate the Connect stuff. Talk <laughs> into it. <laughs> Xbox on. Yeah. Xbox like never listen to anything I ever have to say. Sure. Um, I do want to borrow, like I haven't played much Rise on my own personal console, right. only at events. So stuff like Rise and Dead Rising, I'm going to borrow and get some more use out of the console. Um, okay. All right. Is that opinion crazy? Sorry, I don't no, know. I know it's not, not crazy. You should give Titanfall more chance. More chance. I'm still. I'm playing. Did you play with friends or did you play with? I played alone, which is part of it. I yeah. need to hook up yeah. with Greg yeah. and some other go. folks. And uh, I also, I do want to point out that I finally checked out Last Titan Standing mode. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's more like my speed. It forces teamwork. Right. Uh, it, it's more about positioning and less about like twitch skill. And so it's possible that maybe I'll just hop in and play that mode a couple times a night, like. I know this is going to sound weird, but what time of day did you play? Probably 11 p.m. Yeah, that is your, that's your problem. Is it all like, just the those kids? Those are all the, the super kids? elite kids like, play it like, uh, late at night. That's typically I just it. don't like I'm cloaked, and I'm running, and then I get shot in the back, and then I'm looking at the kill cam, and like he's doing all this crazy stuff, and I respawn, and then that just happens the whole match. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just can't compete with these kids anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, I understand. I heard I was talking to someone that said they played in the beta and absolutely loved it because it was that magic time where like no one knew no the one maps, knew what they were doing. no yeah, one yeah. knew what they were doing. Um, yeah, so, Alfredo plays till 4 a.m. and he has printouts of the maps in front of him. <laughs> I, so yeah, you can't do that. He's played, I think, 90-something hours of that game. Yeah. Already, it's, yeah. It's insane. I, do, I did look at some, I looked at the Titanfall subreddit and looked at tips. I was watching tips videos to not yeah, get yeah. owned by the kids. And I, I am not quite getting the verticality of it yet. Like the, That's the a big part of it. You can't, and, yeah, if you're running on the ground, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, so I'm still playing it a little bit too much like Call of Duty. Yeah. I get yelled at online about that a lot. Okay, a new study conducted by Strategy Analytics finds that console obituaries are premature. <gasps> They're not dying yet. Oh, now, good. that's not exactly news to us, right? Would it, would it be the record sales that has? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we need More that. research is needed, but write them off yet. <laughs> yeah, the two next-gen consoles launched last year, and they were fe- both have been a big success. So we knew that. But there is some other data that found in the study that I think is interesting. Uh, one of the quotes from the study is, we anticipate a large and sustainable market globally for some years yet, particularly in North America and Western Europe, where they remain the bedrock of games spending. So notice they don't say Asia, you know, like we were just talking about Japan. How right. Japan has kind of been over consoles for a while. Uh, but he's, the reason they find that uh, consoles are going to be healthy for a few more years, three points. Consoles still have a large following. Mobile games are gradually exposing more people to console games. Mm-hmm. And console games still have plenty of deeply committed companies invested in them. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the mobile games part. That's totally true. I, I it, so? they're, they're merging. The, like, you know, the mobile technology is just rapidly growing, like expanding, yeah. and the like, type of experiences that they can provide. And, you know, consoles, and, and they're quickly cu- uh, catching up to consoles. And then you've got stuff like, uh, you know, we've talked about this for like, what, like a year and a half now. Like the, the similar architecture between PCs and consoles allows for cross-play potentially. Like it all, everything is just sort of merging into like one kind of idea of like just uh, your games everywhere. So I feel like it's not that the console death thing is, is inaccurate. It's just that consoles are evolving into something more than consoles. We're coming to the singularity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no more Xbox Live Arcade. There's just Xbox games, and they're you know yeah. some are five dollars, some are sixty dollars, and so you can get these sort of smaller mobile style or even free to play experiences on your console. Like if you're a casual gamer that plays games on your phone, you can get comparable experiences on a console. Um, 
We also see more and more and more mobile games hit Steam. You know, stuff like Play Game because like a Steam bestseller. Um, and so I feel like I, the sense that I get is this, like, okay, we have all the video games and we have mobile games over here in this little corner. Like, I don't feel that as much anymore. Like, I feel like it's more just kind of video games in general. I mean, look at, like, FTL is coming to, uh, you know, iPad and, uh, yep. you know, mobile games are making a leap to PC, like, Breach and Clear, the mobile game is now on Steam. Like there's a big you know? pipeline of, a lot of people don't understand where all these Steam games are coming from. Yeah. Like, dozens are hitting Steam every single week, and having covered mobile at IGN, I recognize a lot of them are, like, games that are HD versions of uh, mobile games. Right. You mentioned how, how quickly uh, mobile games are advancing. One thing the study notes is that... Uh, if, if disc-based games are going to continue uh, to stay healthy, they must continue to offer a differentiated and higher quality experience than is available on hands handsets or tablets. And it's true, like right now you can't play Last of Us or Bioshock Infinite on, a, on, a, on an iPad, but like, it just like, it can't be that far off. it's just so <laughs> fast, like, the technology improves so quickly. Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, this year at CES, NVIDIA showed off this thing called the Tegra K1, and they showed off, like, yep. Unreal 4 running on uh, an Android tablet. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not quite there yet, but if you think about how fast they've gotten there, um, you know, you can imagine a year or two years from now, like, the kind of experience. You'll have Xbox 360, PS3 experiences on mobile, you know, not necessarily the same software, but like in terms of the caliber of the experience, right? Uh, like within a year or two, you know, it really comes. To, it'll come down to control more yeah. than like the power of the devices. Like people don't want to play a hardcore game on a touchscreen. Yeah. Like I don't have the solution to that. Like that's kind of a problem without much of a solution. Companies try, but they're always they don't go. Yeah. That well, I mean, Apple's got their made for iPhone controller program. Like they have, you know, I think five or six different Bluetooth controllers you can pair to your tablet and smartphone. And there's not a ton of killer software to justify it yet. But the you know foundation is there, mm. and it's something that Google's supported even earlier than that, and uh, on Android. So mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's all of the pieces are in play. It's just sort of got to, you know, mature a little bit more. Yeah. And so while <clears throat> consoles are still okay for right now, the study finds real growth, real long-term growth is going to happen in mobile. So that's where we'll see real long-term growth, especially after consoles begin to dip in popularity again around an estimated 2016. That's only two years from now. <laughs> that's well, interesting. I, I mean, yeah. it's just a study, but I think it's interesting. It seems like that's a short amount of time. Yeah, it seems like it'd be longer than that, right? It was like leading into this generate or this console generation, before yeah. we knew PlayStation Four, Xbox One's names. We were like, "Well, this will be the last console generation. It's all starting to die out." Blah blah blah. Nobody cares. And then they had the record sales, so it kind of <clears throat> this fire can be stoked. It seems like yeah. I do believe I, I believe in all the points that you just read off. I guess you know I think someone that plays a lot of games on their phone or tablet, I think, is more likely to own a console, and so it does become a gateway in that sense. Um, but I also believe that, yeah, in terms of big growth, like big growth opportunities, it's not in the console space. It's in the mobile space. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I feel like those estimates are really looking at, again, that like raw horsepower, mm -hmm. like units sold thing. Uh, but the problem is, is these products are being sold in such high volumes because they do far more than just games. So, sure. yeah. um, you know, I think it, it really all comes down to content. And But, you know... Someone like Amazon, who's like they they bought the Killer Instinct studio, the Triple Helix. What is it? Double Helix. Double um, Helix. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're gonna potentially release their own console, uh, the, you know, all in one box that also plays games and even streams PC games is the rumor. And then you know, there's a ever persistent rumor that Apple's gonna do the same with iOS. So I mean, it's 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 one of those things where like the content has to be there, and they'd have to spend a lot of money to get recognizable names or lure them away from you know, console platforms. Mm. Um, if you think about the idea of, like, just think about technology in general. Forget about video games, just, like, the world we live in. Are you in. thinking about it? Are you thinking about technology? Yeah. Just in general. Yeah, toaster. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, if you have a phone and a TV, you know, and you have this other ubiquitous pieces of technology, like, the idea of a box designed for playing video games is weird. Like, it's weird and strange, and we're so used to it. Like, I work at IGN, I think about consoles all the time, so I kind of forget that, like... Like, showering, thinking about <laughs> PlayStation 4? <laughs> That is a strange. I come up with a lot of my future ideas in the shower. Yeah. Um, but it's this weird the concept, and I know consoles. <laughs> <laughs> consoles do so much more than play games, and that's only going to continue to be the case. So you have non-gaming devices that are used a lot for games, like phones, and then you have gaming devices like Xboxes. That when I'm looking at my Xbox Live friends list, everybody is just on Netflix. Well, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 
You could say that, like, you know, the, the traditional console has already died. I agree. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like well, the sure. Xbox 360 and PS3. Yeah. Last really. gen killed that, right? Yeah. If you were to track the amount of time that people spend on their Xbox watching TV or streaming video versus playing games, Microsoft has that data. It's yeah. almost certainly less time spent playing games sure. and doing other stuff. Yeah, I think that's so. Actually, that doesn't that does that mean they're already not a video game console? It's dead. Well, not a dedicated one. Right. Yeah. Scott has a plane to catch. Before we run out of time, because <laughs> he's Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com, just like Dan did. That's not a cool name. Boo! <laughs> Neither is Justin. Oh! oh. Come at me, bro. <laughs> uh, Dan says, I currently own a PS3 and a PS4. There are a lot of great PS4 titles coming out this year. I'm low on cash at the minute, haven't been able to purchase the likes of Infamous yet. My question is, do I sell my PS3, along with the great games and memories I have of it, in exchange for maybe five PS4 games? I rarely use the PS3 now. The longer I hold onto it, the lower the value gets. However, I put hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours. Wow, that's a lot. That's, of, that's I, <laughs> I don't know. That's a lot of time. Into my PS3, possibly around a thousand dollars alone, just on PSN games. Seems a shame just to end it here, but I understand my good memories cannot be sold. I always think, what happens if I want to come back to it? Should I just look forward to upcoming PS4 titles or treasure my PS3? My gut reaction was sell it because it's only going to get cheaper and cheaper. You're only going to get less and less money for it. But the PSN stuff is a great point. Like, you might not ever be able to play those games, you know, again. Free, at least, not for free. I think he needs to look at his library and decide how many there, there's actually a shot he'll go back and play. Yeah. And then also what's still coming that he cares about to current gen only. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. last, last gen. gen only. Also, yeah. back up your saves uh, because PlayStation Now is coming. Right. And backwards mm, compatibility. Sure. You may be able to import your experiences. Yeah. I mean, no idea. Yeah. We don't know if that's true. I mean, you could. You could. I mean, it, it, you know, potentially in the future. But, like, you know, so just... Back up those memories, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, back, yeah, back it up. Yeah, I mean, of course, you'll have to pay for it as a subscription subscription model, but like you know, it's still there if should you ever have the whim. Yeah, we got to come up with a better game, better way to give gamers access to old games. Well, it's a problem, right? Like, if you upgrade your PC to a new, you know, to a yeah, new computer, exactly. you don't lose all of your Steam games. That's why I'm more comfortable like, investing in the into the Steam ecosystem. Why isn't there just why isn't there just a PlayStation ecosystem? That's right? what I mean. Every game you buy, you have, even if you buy the next PlayStation. Right. right? I think that's the really going to be the start of it now that they're on x86 architecture with yeah. the PC stuff. Like um, it was something I pushed Mark Cerny on, and he just always laughed at me when he I fell asked. over. <laughs> like, kept talking about neck. Like, I kept asking, like you know, because you're on x86, does this mean you guys could potentially release like a PlayStation 4.5 or like you know a hype you know hyped up version like a couple of years from now without having to completely redesign the console? And he was like, well, let's just get through this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. neck. But I mean, it's feasible, right? Like you know, it's Project Spark. You know, it could be scalable in the same way. He scalable. would not say that. No. <laughs> Let me tell you about Project Spark. I've said too much. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I don't sell my game consoles. I've never sold one. Now I don't use them all the time. They're just in my closet. But I just don't feel right. Like you know, I identify as a gamer. It's one of my great loves in life. I have so many great memories with these machines. I, I won't ever. I just won't ever sell them. Yeah, I tear it all down, burn it to the ground, start again. You don't, do you sell your consoles? I used to. Yeah. yeah, when I was on the outside looking in. When I was a kid. Your nose pressed up to the <laughs> yeah. window. I'll be you one day. Yeah. I, ke I kept all of mine. Yeah. I kept all of mine until I, I know, got married. I know your wife doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I sold, that's changed now. I sold a lot of software before the console transition. Like, yeah. I, like the games I knew that I played, I bought and played once, but would never, ever go back right, to Right, right, right. Like, I've I, actually never traded in a game in my life. I've just realized. Really? <laughs> nope. Never traded in a gamer console. I kept every single one. That was totally my, my way to keep playing as a kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, supplement whatever allowance slash money I had cobbled together and then sell off everything I didn't want anymore. I also don't like having the library. Like, I don't like having that much stuff. Like, I don't like collecting anymore. Yeah. The older I get, I'm becoming yeah. more and more anti-stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm with you there, too. Hold on, my can't head it both yeah. ways. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm more keen on keeping the console instead of the games for some reason. Sure. Just me. But it's like it's the two parts of you, like tugging on it, right? Like you're like you have all these memories of these games, and so your heart's like, oh, I want to keep all those. But yeah. then you're like, I do not like having a closet full of like garbage that a I don't. A few years play. ago, like, at Pax East, I was you know looking through one of the retro places, and I bought uh, 
uh, WWF No Mercy, and I bought the Superman 64, right? Because I have like great and horrible memories attached to those. And then I brought him back, and then I think it was Rich's girlfriend at the time brought in and gave me an N64, and I had it set up on my desk, and I played it once, and then all that crap got shoved into the corner. And yeah. now like it's all underneath my desk, those loose games or whatever. It's like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm just going to throw this away one day, but it's like, ugh, you know? In yeah. that moment, you're like, no mercy for $9? Hell yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah, I do that on Steam all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that brings us to the end of another GameScube. Viewers, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you watch the show. If you watch on IGN, thank you. That's our home base. If you watch on YouTube, please like the video. If you are an old school listener listening to the podcast, thank you so much for keeping this show going for so many years. PlayStation 4 app. Oh, and the PlayStation 4 app. A lot of viewers like it. It's yeah, very yeah. convenient to watch yeah, I like it a lot. for you. Uh, yeah, we love you too, wherever you're watching, listening. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Justin. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop. Ben, we're out. there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.